so Tom, I've been out in the surf, I've looked around in the seaweed, and I might have found something for you. Let's just remind listeners that we're on a desert island isolating. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Let's get back into this. <laughs> we're on a desert island. Oh no, it's a Dreamcast. No, it's not. It's Final Fantasy VII. Yes, oh God, it's a CDI. Keep you up to date with <laughs> what's been going this on. Running on our, gag on our shack on on, on the on the island. Yeah, we 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 found a few useless things. Have you found anything else useless there in the seaweed? Yes, Tom Parry. God, way to deconstruct a joke. I found this amazing disc for you. Look, it's a copy of Shenmue 1 oh and 2. My. I can play that on my Dreamcast. I've only got Snow Surfers, Heavy Metal, Geomatrix, uh, what else have I got? Uh, Buggy Heat and uh, some golf game. I noticed that list's extended since last it, week. It, I guess we're going to talk about that. Yes, we might. But wow, Shenmue, one of my favourite games. Great. Let's whack it in. Uh... Oh, that doesn't sound very good. I think I might be a PS4 copy, Tom. I'm oh. sorry. Oh. Very confusing Shit. nowadays, isn't it? Have you got a PS4? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, dear. How are we going to explain you playing this, then, on the island? <laughs> oh, look, you found one of them as well. Great. Okay, let's get on with Great. it. Great. This introduction's <laughs> running a bit long. It's Tom Attack. <laughs> Yeah, wow. So along with a copy of uh, Shenmue 1 and 2 remastered for PS4, you also found a PS4. This this beach, why are all these games consoles washing up on this old uh, beach here in this island? I don't know, Tom. Maybe we're in some kind of like purgatory. Who knows? <laughs> it was just convenient that both of these, all of these items, all of these electronics have washed up on a beach <laughs> in, air ki- in airtight containers and that this know, island somehow yeah, has... What's even more miraculous about this is they all work. It's wow. just that, you know, that... These coconuts, we can actually plug the plugs into them and they run. Isn't that mm. nice? Yeah, these copies of V-Rally, though, knackered. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe it's hell, Tom. Maybe these copies of V-Rally yeah. don't just get yeah. across. There's... Anyway, let's... this metaphor's getting tired, Tom. I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with my Dreamcast. I put another disc in it the other day that I got. Buggy Heat, as I just mentioned there. It lightly TM. scratched, still works. I honestly think these copies of V-Rally are just a bit knackered. Like Nothing I said to you, maybe it's just like CD rot. Maybe it's the case of much like 2K is buying like cheap Switch cards now and forcing you to download stuff. Maybe just like whoever published it, Codemasters or whoever it was, just cheaped out on the discs and they're crap. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, well, that's how it goes. How are you anyway, mate? You all right? Doing all right. Thank you. Surviving. Aren't we? We're doing all right here. I mean, we've got some games to keep us amused, so... Uh... That tide is over until um, tide is over. Tide beach joke. Wah wah wah. Um, till all this is over. I but don't yeah. understand. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was really bad. Understand, um, understand. Oh my oh god. god! Come on, Tom. Oh, you keep t- up. You were the, you were usually the pun master. What are you Put doing? Me a I mean, it's I wanna, a bad I, pun. I want to ask you about Shenmue because now we've got this PS4 and a copy of Shenmue One and Two. You've been playing it, yeah? Yeah, I have. Right then, so. 
I put the I I got a copy of uh, Shenmue out of the library. Remember libraries? Remember you could go somewhere and there would be books and games and no, shit that you could rent. Totally anyway, forgotten. Nothing like that on the island. No, nothing <laughs> like that on the island. Definitely not. Um, so I went to the library before all this kicked off. I got a copy of Bloodstained for the Switch, um, and I got a copy of Shenmue One and Two because it was like, well, I've had Shenmue Three here because I backed it on Kickstarter for months now hmm. maybe i should go back and play shenmue one two and then get into three before i but if it's been a while movie. since you played them yeah i bought if you remember i bought a dreamcast to play shenmue one and i played shenmue yeah. two on the xbox way back when um before i'd even played shenmue one so i didn't really play a lot of it um i'd picked up the Dreamcast, I remember playing it on there and kind of playing it on its own terms and just being like, okay, well, you know, this is a Dreamcast game. This is very old. I'm sure it'll be fine. Quite enjoyed it. Quite got the the spirit a bit and was like, okay, this is actually a kind of a cool concept. And then I played Yakuza and was just like, oh, well, actually, Yakuza is just the next iteration of Shenmue and, in my opinion, better. Now then, having played through Yakuza, having, you know written many love letters to my love of that series Mm. i started playing shenmue with this idea of like okay well let's see if i've been being a bit hard on shenmue compared to the the ps2 versions of yakuza Mm. and i sat down on i think thursday night i was like okay i'm gonna play a bit of yakuza uh, I'm going to play a bit of Shenmue, sorry, instead of uh, Yakuza, because I was going to complete Koami 2, because I never did. Yeah. Sat down, put in the disc, played it for a little bit, started wandering around trying to find the the residence for the old woman and having to zoom in and zoom out. Are you trying to lot. find the house? Yeah, so the old lady—that's like an extra thing, isn't it? You don't have to. It is that. an extra yeah. thing, but I was like, "Well, I'm going to try and meet the game on its own terms and try and do a lot of these side stories to see how they compare to Yakuza." And there's not a lot. Yeah, of that. I got, <laughs> I got motion sick. <laughs> I was just like, "Really? I've never experienced that." Yeah. I'm someone who tends to get motion sick. Can't even handle VR. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, well, I mean, I I have, like, Brutal Legend is one game that historically messed me up. Also, Duke Nukem Forever, I couldn't play. Thank you. Duke Nukem 64 for me. And Time yeah. Splitters 1. Yeah. Oh, really? Time yeah. Splitters 1? I, I don't know. It's been so long since i played that game. Anyway, I got motion sick, and I was like, oh, my God. So it put me out of sorts. I had to go to bed. And then oh, no. I woke up <laughs> so the a good first day, experience. I was just like, okay, maybe, maybe... Shenmue is trying to protect itself. It's not a game that moves around that much, really. No. And I figured out why. Um, I I played the game again yesterday, sat down. I played it for a couple of hours, didn't, didn't get this again. And I think the reason is it stretches it to 16 by 9. Ah. Oh. As default on this HD collection. So yeah. I put it back to 4 by 3 ratio. Everything was fine. That's In interesting. fact, I would say... The game looked better in four by three. I didn't know you could switch every... it back to four by three. Actually, that's you can, nice, um, and I would recommend you doing so because the game actually looks quite nice in four by three, whereas it looked very I washed it... out and oh, stretched. Right. That's interesting because I didn't have an issue with it in sixteen by nine. I I didn't 
I didn't really like it in sixteen by nine. I thought it. I thought I was like, wow, this seems like a bit of a lazy HD remaster compared to some of the stuff we've seen in recent years. Admittedly, it is a Dreamcast game, and there's only so much you can do with that. Oh yeah, but... nothing's been redone, really, has it? Well, actually, a few things no. have, but the textures, of course, haven't been redone, and that that's a yeah. pretty standout thing in Shenmue that some of those textures are very low resolution. Yeah, but I think if you switch it back to 4x3, mm. I think you see that they're not actually mm. that bad. Okay, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Ryo kind of walks around with this giant, like, I'm surprised at everything expression for most of the game, especially, like, <laughs> Fukasan just looks constantly oh, surprised yeah, at everything yeah. is being said. But, um, yeah, so I'm playing Shemu 1 for the first time with the Japanese audio. Oh. Uh, I've never is... played it in Japanese because if there's an English option, I usually go for that. Of course, I didn't have that luxury playing Shenmue Two on the Dreamcast. Yeah, but mm. um, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this with the Japanese audio. I'm gonna, obviously, I'm trying to learn Japanese well, as a same yeah. week. And you have so no like, well... nostalgia for that English dub because that's one of the things that I find most comforting about the game. <laughs> See, the thing is, right? I played. I played Shenmue One long after. Have you have you seen any sailors? Yeah. Was a meme. So like, I'd only been exposed to that through that, and like that's built up this love amongst people who play Shenmue for this really bad voice acting. Yeah. I, however, have played a, a subsequent series called Yakuza, where the voice acting is pretty fucking good, even mm. when they dubbed it in English. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play this game in Japanese with the no. I think intent. have it, learning Japanese that makes a lot of sense. But Tom Parry, the interesting thing about playing it in Japanese is there is some nuance to that dialogue mm. that is not present in English. Mm, I can um, imagine that. Yeah. So you know, you know Tom, everyone's favorite hot dog seller. <laughs> yeah, I know Tom. He doesn't speak with a reggae Rastafarian. No, I suppose accent. he doesn't. Um, Terrible. He, Sorry. He he kind of speaks in broken Japanese, which I thought was interesting. So like, he clearly like, he is clearly painted as more of a, of an immigrant than he is in the in the English dub, because he will he will say things in English. In like a broken, like he will he will slip in things that he clearly like he can't think of the words in Japanese oh, and so on. Wow, he yeah, that is a nuance English, for sure. Which is a nuance that isn't there. Also, the sailors will talk amongst themselves in English and <laughs> only speak to you in really crap Japanese when they're trying to speak to you. Wow, nice. And I was just like, oh, that's this is a revelation. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like, oh, this is really interesting that they did that. Hmm. However, I will say. I don't know if you experienced this with the English dub because I imagine because that game was released later and also because it was released on the Xbox, uh, the the Shenmue 2 dub, the the audio for Shenmue 1, at least in Japanese, sounds like Better. it was recorded in someone's garage. Oh, the Japanese. Okay, so the English sounds terrible as well in terms of yeah. the, the audio quality of it. I think something happened along the way, maybe even accidental. I'm not 100% sure, but I swear I read some sort of um, article about that. And it was actually specifically talking about the English dub. So I'm surprised to hear that the Japanese dub also suffers from some bad compression, yeah? Yeah, and that's yeah. to be honest, with you, that's what I put it down to is there's probably just really shit compression for the Dreamcast to get everything on the disc. Yeah, um, yeah, and they couldn't. I don't think they could 
get hold of a higher quality version of the audio for this remaster. I don't think maybe one even exists. I don't know. Potentially not. I think I mean, the English one was recorded not so great in the first place, which probably makes that even worse. But maybe the Japanese was just compressed a lot. I don't know. It's, it's if you know, let us know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd be interested to know. Um, yeah. I should reach out to friend of the podcast, uh, Tom Lacey, even though he's given it up a long time ago. Uh, Tom was doing the Dreamcast Junkyard stuff, so I mm. imagine he's probably oh, yeah. explored mm. Shenmue a little bit at least. Yeah, 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 um, that'd be great. We don't want to give you uh, incorrect information here on the podcast, so rather than say it's one way or the other, yeah. Um, but it is very interesting, of course. Yeah, no, but I, yeah, so unfortunately it does sound a bit ropey. I got used to it, though, pretty quickly, you to do. be honest. I think it's well, just you get caught off... up in that world, Matthew. That's how I always do when yeah. I play Shenmue. Right, so I will say, upon reflection, I got up to the factory. I got up to what is officially in the, the harbor. terminology, the second disc of the, the harbour, get into the warehouses. Warehouse number and eight? Yeah, warehouse number eight, Tom Parry. Do you mean the new warehouse number eight? Oh, or, yes, Or the old course. one? <gasps> I think when I played that last, I totally forgot about that. I was like, yeah. oh, I know where warehouse... Because you know when you've played the game exactly where warehouse number eight is, but you still have to go through the whole... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Which yeah, one? No. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you do. And to be honest, that's... That is some of my complaint with Shenmue, is I think, other than the, the the intro to that game is still really jarring to me. The intro? The fact okay. that, like, Ryo comes back to to the shit. I can't, it's the not dojo? a dojo. What is it called? Is it no, it's called something else. Home? It's, <laughs> oh, my mind is blanking. Um, anyway, he comes back to the family home. And essentially, Hazuki residence. With, yes, the the residence, and he is, you know, he's confronted with Langi. Is that Landy? Langi, sorry, Landy. Landy. With a D. You have Landy, and he's there, and he kills your dad. Spoilers for Shemu. Well, it happens right at the very beginning. It it's probably on yeah. the back of the box. It probably is. I mean, like, I think everything I've seen for marketing for Shenmue 3 was like, continue the epic tale of Ryo as he sees what happened to his father. Um, that happens, but it's really like, there's no leading. It's just like, there really kicks there. open the gates. Does there need to be? Just, Does there need to be a leading? Yeah! So it's established some... that this guy is trying to hunt down this other guy who's killed his father. I want something. I want, like... You know, I want you to get established in that world. Start first. with him at want... school, you know, he's not very good um, student, more interested in fighting, and then, yeah. I mean, a bit you know, of background like... for Rio or something. Or even just like it being a case of you, you start the game, Rio's father clearly sees the letter with like the Chinese writing in it, ah, like mm. hides it in a drawer or something, yeah. talks to ah, you. Okay, it's okay. quite. You know, maybe it's quite That would be quite you, a just... slow intro. I quite like how fast it is in just getting to it. But then again, oh, but then, like, I don't have a lot of patience it... when it comes to no, video I... game stories. So. But it feels at odds with the game, because like, my main complaint with Shenmue is the real-time clock. Cause, like, clock. <laughs> yeah, the real-time clock. clock, Tom. <laughs> Pull your mind out of the gutter. Um, 
um, that's not the top that's not going to be the subject of no. this week's podcast it's not going to be the title no. um so you you go and like you have to wait so much it's just like without the clock oh, you just go you just be... go and play hang on time flies by no you don't tom because hang on hang on's not great you play space harry as well no i i Podcast listeners, let us know what would you rather play, Space, Space Harrier, Hang Harrier on. or Hang On, or Excite um, QTE perhaps, or just darts. Oh, yeah, I forgot you could play darts. <laughs> Interesting. Um, God, there's so much Yakuza in this game, though. It's unreal. Like how much is clearly like Shenmue was the the foundation of what mm. would become the Yakuza franchise. Yeah, the prototype. And it's understandable <laughs> given the yeah, it is definitely the prototype. The yeah, the the clock kind of sucks for me. It really irritates me when, like... So I had to find Charlie. Sorry, people who haven't played Shenmue. There's a character you have to find who's got a tattoo on his arm and he wears yeah. a leather jacket. Yeah, I knew exactly I, where he was last time I played that remaster, yeah. I knew exactly where he was and I knew exactly <laughs> what time it was. However, yeah. I got there. I Because of some... I ran into an event... Like, you know how the game's, like, side quests just happen mm. as opposed to you interacting with them. I ran the other mm. way to go there from the from the house. Mm. And I accidentally ran past the park where the old man teaches you the double blow. Right, yeah. And so I hit that. I was like, oh, no, I want to learn the double blow. But I've got, like, half an hour before I need to get to where Charlie is. Or oh, it'll be fine. I will just do this. It'll, it'll, I'm sure it won't take more Is there more a time limit on seeing Charlie? I didn't realise. I thought you just do it when you can do it. Yes. To see him outside the shop, there is a time limit. What happened with me was I outside missed Outside of the tattoo parlour? Um, no, where he's outside the jacket shop. Oh, oh! I've never done that. I've never. I've always met him for the first time in that two, in tattoo, tattoo parlor. parlor. I've never yep. seen him outside the jacket shop, although they allude to the fact he goes there to buy his military clothes or whatever. Yeah, it's seven p.m. and you're supposed to be there. But what never happens instead yeah. of that? If you don't get there, you get the sailors be like, "I know Charlie. Come on to this car park and we'll have a virtual fighter-style fight." Yeah. Um, I mean that happened. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe if I would have been there at seven, it would have just still been the sailor anyway. But I got there. I think so. I don't I think hit he's this there. Scene, I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake! And it was the same thing with the the Chinese restaurant when I needed to go get the letter translated oh. because I'd taken the time to go talk to the guy who I'd given the the can of coke to from the vending machine. Oh, him! He's always after those free drinks. Yeah, yeah. He, he tries it on a few times. <laughs> there's a there's an achievement on the PS4 called yes. Freeloader, which yes. I appreciated. So I went to talk to him because in my head he he was the person who told me to go to the China shop. Mm. But I'd also run into the small boy whose grandmother the China shop owner is. Like I love that Shenmue has multiple ways into things. Yeah. Like that's very cool and very clever, and you don't get that in the Yakuza game. Probably because it's a bit of a pain in the ass to manage. Mm. But I I'd done all this, and like I'd gone to the China shop, but because I'd run into those two events instead of doing one of them, it meant that the China shop shut by the time I got there, and I was like, "Fuck! I need to wait another day now." <laughs> so I ran I ran back to my house. Yeah. Just left the controller in the house while I played Animal Crossing. 
waiting for it to be time so I could go to sleep, so I could go back the next day and do. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So instead of playing Hang On or Space Hour, you played Animal Crossing, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and that's there are ways to waste of... time in the game, though. How? So, so the, playing those arcade games, for instance. Other than playing that's the why arcade the, games. That's why they're in there, I think. Or doing some sparring or training or, um, yeah, generally bumming around, buying cassette tapes, listening to music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, those things in Yakuza feel like welcome distractions. Hmm. Here they feel like they're things you need to do. Because the game system is like, no, we are sticking to this time limit. We will, you will come yeah. back here at seven o'clock. You will do these things. You're saying it's a, it's a game breaker, or is it just a mild irritation? I just think it's aged very poorly. Yeah. You don't get. Concern. I can't recall getting so much of that in Shemu Two. I, I think it's more of a Shemu One thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, from what I remember. Yeah, I, like I it's said, been while since I, I played through Shemu two, two actually. So. I have the I... most nostalgia for one. I've only actually played through two properly all the way through once, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never did it. Like I said, I tried to play Shemu 2 before I played Shemu 1, so I was like, okay, mm. I'm not going to do this. Mm. And I didn't but it's have a good game. You, you, you're, it's quite action-packed. I like the story. I like the, I like the, the feel of the game. Shemu 1, we're talking about. It's definitely got a very unique feel. Yeah, I it's, don't it's very necessarily unique. like. I don't yeah. like the gameplay though. I don't think it's aged uh, very well. Mm, mm. I think it depends on your fondness for it. Because I'll quite happily play through that game multiple times. I, I have done, um, and and that's testament to what Shemu One does as opposed to Shemu Two. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. What it is, I like. It's quite a small world, and you get very familiar with it, and you spend yeah. a lot of time in the same places. Yeah. Yeah, with the same people. And I, yeah, and I will say that. Like, I did... When I ran around that world, I did remember where the ramen shop was. I did mm. remember where, like, where the butchers was. Like, I remember that world with a strange vividness mm. that I... Obviously, like, I know Kamarucho, like, the back of my freaking hand mm. in in Yakuza so much so that when we go to Shinjuku I can I know where to go in Shinjuku sure, wow. which is That's amazing. fucking bonkers <laughs> but you know like I it's very strange because I played that game once like five years ago and yet I know how to get around that town really well mm. which is, you know it's an interesting thing like I said like when you start talking about the three blades and when <laughs> you know like uh, God, uh, what is it? Um, I've forgotten it. Go on. Damn it! I was about to say. I Father's Heaven, uh, Father's Nine Heaven, Dragons, Nine Mother's Dragons. Earth. What's the right order? I, I, I sometimes forget, even though I've played it a lot of times. No, we literally just said it in the right order. Comrades. Comrades is the last one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Father's Heaven, like Mother's Earth, Nine Dragons, Comrades. No, 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 fuck. no. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, Father's Heaven, Nine Dragons, Mother's Earth, Comrades. Okay. Warehouse but number eight. A... <laughs> yeah, warehouse number eight. Also going to like the, where the tattoo parlor is. I wonder if you don't follow the story along, could you just go to the tattoo parlor? Could you just like skip having to talk to the guys? I think in the you can and... skip bits, and you'll notice that in your notebook where you've got loads of blank pages. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. 
Yeah, but there's got to be some sort of restrictions on skipping stuff, I think. Well, absolutely. You I just mean, won't like, let saying, it happen if you go there. You too can't soon. go yeah. to the you can't go to the real warehouse eight unless you've been through all the. Oh no, you have of, to like, do that. Yeah. Forklift racing and doing your job and all this kind of stuff. There's lots of things that do. Um, you know, um, it's advantageous to replay the game to experience. You know, the things you may have missed the last time you yeah. played. Yeah, there's still I things I I've missed that I've never seen in Shenmue One. Yeah, yeah. Ha- it's a what, classic. What What is the end game with the cat? By the way, because I have the name for the cat now. I know the cat is called Mimi, which is more than I got the first time. Kitty or Mimi or whatever. Mimi is in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the end game with the cat? There's not much there, really. Because if I remember right, <laughs> the first time I played it, the cat died. I can't remember the cat dying. Um, I honestly can't remember what happens to the cat. Does it just disappear one day? Yeah, because that's what happened with the oh, cat. Oh, you just keep going straight to work, though, don't you, at one point? So you never yeah, see the yeah. cat again. Yeah. I think that's probably it. Yeah, and I'd forgotten about, like, the. Because I got to the warehouse after dark and I was trying to run around. As it turns out, you can't get into Warehouse 8 after a certain time because the, the orange crate that you need to push isn't there anymore. Right. So you need to do it in the day when the door is open, which is really fucking annoying. Oh, but, yeah. Okay, that's um, the new just, Warehouse number 8. Yeah, no, yeah. the old no. Warehouse number 8. Oh, to oh, climb yeah. up into the window to get into Warehouse number 8, there's a box. Oh, you still do that. What? I thought you'd do that with the other... You know what? I don't know, it's all yeah. blending into one for me. Yeah, 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 but... Sometimes stuff kind of sucks. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of it. But the overall, I think that world is great. Yeah, but I think it's a very important video game that needs to be honoured and remembered, and uh, has all those hallmarks of of a classic. I think how we can I mean, talk about sure. it like this. Yeah, Sh- Shemu really had something special. Well, I mean, the fact that you know, like how how much does as we talked about last week, like we were talking about like Uncharted. How much does Uncharted owe to Shenmue? Like, with That's quick time events and all of this stuff, like uh, quick time events. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to find the origin of quick time events. I would maybe think it's Shenmue. I don't know. Uh, the certainly I, I think... the first time I ever did a quick time event was in Shenmue. You could say that Dragon's Lair is a load of quick time events. Yeah, you could, but I mean, like. Yeah. But the With... button doesn't flash upon. Wait, does something flashes upon the screen? You just have to know the direction. Uh, the term was apparently coined by Yu Suzuki. There we um, go. There you go. Um, right, so I'm just going to read this weird Quora uh, thing. Where does the term quick time event come from? I know what the term quick time event means, and it's one of the first uses of gameplay elements was Dragon's Lair, but I don't know why it's called that. Was the term used by Dragon's Lair? Was it used by other reviewers? Why did they use the term specifically? Um, yeah, it's Yu Suzuki, creator of Shenmue. Other games such as Shenmue, Sega 1999. The game whose director Yu Suzuki coined the term quick time events and QTE. Um, yeah, so it was not the first game to include quick time events, but it was one of the first to include them in a form we recognise today of a cutscene button flashing on screen when pressed. Earlier games like Dragon's Lair did it, yes. So yeah, apparently Yu Suzuki coined the term because yeah. it appears okay. in Shenmue's manual. And also and coined then... the term free, fully reactive eyes entertainment, I think, is the genre yes. he gave to Shenmue. 
Yeah, but that's a big thing in Japan where people give different games, different genres. I mean, like Metal Gear Solid is the famous one, right? Of Tactical espionage action. Yeah, action. <laughs> Marvellous. Well, Shenmue, what a classic. Shenmue, We've talked yeah. about Shenmue for nearly half an hour, you know. We did, yeah, and I haven't got that much time, so let's crack on. Shenmue, believe it or not, people, despite my love of Yakuza, still something in it. Yakuza's better, though. It builds on it in so many interesting ways. Go play Yakuza, go out. Well, that's a really creepy whisper. That's really creepy. What do you mean? I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) On with the show. It's interesting, though, that that subject of new games developing upon old games and improving them. It's something I've been thinking about recently. I've just been playing Sonic Mania, actually, and thinking, how does Sonic Mania improve on the original Sonic games, for instance? Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know if it does, but there's a lot packed into Sonic Mania. Uh, It's like they threw everything in the kitchen sink into that game. Um, It's definitely done with a lot of love. Um, but I, w- I would say maybe in some respects it's a little too clever for its own good. Some of that level design's pretty crazy um, and yes. sometimes a little bit confusing as to what you should be doing, where to be going. You always manage to end up on the right route, but I just think it doesn't feel very direct or, I don't know, something about Sonic 2, for instance, Yeah, it worked. It was, it was, I think the game design was better. Well, I I think, right, I think the thing that we experience, I mean, to be honest with you, the fact that you're experiencing this is part of the problem for me. When I played Sonic Mania, I thought, wow, this is really intricate. Like, there's clearly someone who knows a lot about Sonic and what makes a good Sonic game has made Mm. this game. And it was a really nice introduction for me to go like, oh, wow, like this is the the bit of Sonic I never got. Mm. I think the interesting thing there is, though, that it's clearly made in a difficulty ramp for mm. someone who knows and loves Sonic, not necessarily someone who is coming to this franchise new. Because mm. I think those first zones are really tight. I think it's like the last couple of zones. They do go off the rails off the a rails. bit, a little. Don't yeah. they? I even think you start to feel it in, in the second zone, in the studio opposite, you know, how crazy everything is and how you end up in this like lottery machine at one point and you're teleporting yeah, to a van yeah. and it's, it's very cool but the thing there's something to be said about the simpler game design of the original sonic games yeah uh, as, as opposed fair. to this because it's very in your face it's almost they, they just throw through everything at it you know yeah um but I, I yeah i think there's something to be said for the fact though mm. that like mario for me has well, I mean, like every other Mario game, like every new 2D Mario game is a, in its essence like Sonic Mania, right? Like they always make a Mario game that feels competently like Mario, but mm. introduces some new twist on new mechanics. In yeah, there is worlds. that you have to introduce something new. There's Sonic Mania striking this weird balance of recreating old levels. Yeah. But with kind of new bits or taking bits from other levels and integrating them. And Yeah. There always has do to be you... that throwback aspect, doesn't there? It uh, seems to be do the way th- of these franchises. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with that. I I do think there is some like, hey, we got to have some like throwback to the old stuff, and like, hey, do you remember this? Remember playing this? Like, 
It shouldn't necessarily have to be like that, though. I think initially it can be like that. Sonic Mania was a game coming after a long line of Sonic games which weren't necessarily true to the game, the series' roots. Yeah. Um, but if you were to make another Sonic Mania game, I think you could quite easily do something fresh and not be repeating, at least not repeating old levels. You repeat old systems or, or things that you find familiar in Sonic, a loop, you know, that you run around. Of course, you know, these things have got to be in there. But I don't yeah. think you necessarily need to redo old levels again now. I'd like to see something a bit fresher next time. Do you think, right, that this is because if you look at the development of Mario, obviously, like, Miyamoto is still part of Nintendo, Shigeru Miyamoto, designer of Mario, as well mm. as Takashi Suzuka, the guy who programmed a lot of those games. Mm. Do you think, because they are still with the company and that still have roles within that stuff, like the making of a new Mario game, like uh, Takashi Tezuka was the director of Mario Maker along mm. with Miyamoto, mm. do you think that they are able to kind of like carry through the purity of Mario into these new experiences mm. and that, yes, Sonic Team exists... But Yuji Naka isn't with Sega. Do you think that is perhaps an influence on this? Maybe, but Yuji I'd Naka argue that perhaps the, the fans know the games nearly as well as the oh, original. I mean, don't get me wrong, it like, like, yeah, yeah. like did all these amazing ports of Sonic 2, right, for like iOS yeah. and stuff. But Yuji Naka, I think, is important, and, and I think the fact that he's not involved really anymore is uh, you can see it. I think. Yeah. I think if you if you very familiar with the original games, yeah. Hmm. When did he leave? Did he work on Sonic Adventures? Yes. Yes, he. Well, no, he was. He was a. I think he's a producer, perhaps. I definitely he's he's definitely involved in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, he's a he was a producer, and I mean, I I assume the same is probably true for like Miyamoto and Tezuka-san, even though I'm saying like they were part of this thing. Mm. Um, just looking at it now, like, but I mean, he, he, even though he didn't, oh, actually, that's interesting. He uh, directed and produced Sonic Advance Two, which is probably why that is the better of the advanced games. Oh, really? Did he, he did he not direct and produce Sonic Advance One? It looks like he was the producer only. On the on the first one, and then he directed and produced direct because Sonic Advance Two is the standout one of that series. And yeah, and he was just interesting that again you you bring up that now because that might explain a bit of why it is. He right then okay. I'm looking at Yuji Naka's uh, Wikipedia. I did not know that he was also the programmer of Fantasy Star One and Two. Anyways, um. Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2. He programmed and produced Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Knights in the Dream, Sonic and Knuckles. Of course, Sonic 3 was famously done outside Sega Japan, wasn't it? I think Sega of America worked predominantly on on the actual game. Yeah. Yeah. But that's probably also along the lines of what happened later with, like, that weird split between Sega of America and Sega Japan, right? Like... From what I remember, Sega of America were the people who wanted the 32X, while Sega of Japan was fully focused on the, the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I yeah. think there's something like that, yeah. Yeah, so he he produced then, 
like I said, from Sonic 3 onwards, he he did program and produce Sonic and & Knuckles and Nights into Dreams, but then after that, he's only producer on Sonic Adventures. Hmm. And then also a producer on Sonic Adventures 2 and Sonic Advance. He progra- uh, He's director and producer on Sonic Advance 3. Then like and director Billy on 3 Hatcher. as well, you said? Uh, he's a producer on 3. Okay, so he's director on 2, producer on 3, right. Yeah, two is the one he directed, wow. and then like he's executive producer on like Fantasy Star Universe, Sonic Riders, like I think as he the, as got it... further away from the the core development of the game. Um, yeah, it seems that yeah. way, which I mean makes sense. But then again, he's he did program a game in 2011 called Legend of the Coin that I've not heard about. It's an iOS and Android game. Hmm. It sounds like a bit of a Pokemon clone, to be honest with you, hovering over okay. what the article says. An epic story that none have ever seen before in a coin game. Over 200 monsters to train and summon. Um, yeah, so he he produced a lot of stuff after that. Even yeah. Ivy, Ivy the Kiwi is not... Um, it's his company, it's designed, isn't it? Is it? It's designed is it? by him, but yeah, yeah it's Prope, is it? Prope, is that what yeah. it was called? Did... Uh... Yeah. The um oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. The one that was released on Wii and the, but then only came over outside Japan on the uh, Wii U. Uh, yeah, the flying trap. Oh, I know the I know the game you're talking about. Sky. Uh, you're on the Wikipedia. I am on the Wikipedia. Row, row in the sky. Oh, Rodea, the Sky Soldier. Yeah, gosh, yeah, I had some words. There. That wasn't by Probe, though, from the looks of things. I thought he was, like, leading that development on that game. But... He did, but I don't think he did it with... Oh, no, he did do it by Probe. That's weird. It didn't yeah. come up in their Wikipedia page. It's almost as if they tried to bury the existence of that game. I surely did. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not that great, though. Billy Hatch and a Giant Egg. Remember that? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> game. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Okay. That was a side old line. games, new games. I've been playing Panzer Dragoon lately, and that's an example of a game where they didn't implement a save feature in the remake. So you can't like yeah. do one level, save it, and then come back to it later. You have to play through the whole thing. That's a very old style game mechanic. It was there in the original game. They've carried that over into the new game. Now to feel like if you've got the opportunity to re-release a game, why not add? Some more yeah. features in. They've done that with some of the Sega Ages games on Switch, haven't they? That, for example, yeah. Fantasy Zone's got some great improvements uh, to it, uh, where you yeah. can easily see where your objectives are, and um, yeah, it makes the whole experience um, a little smoother. Sega now, Panzer is... Dragoon, they didn't decide to go there. Sega Ages is done by Hamster, right? From what I remember, uh, Sega Ages is done by. Um, not by Hamster at all. No, it's done by the M2. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so M2 have been responsible for a lot of um, conversions and to a very high standard. I think they looked after the um, Mega Drive Mini. I think they also did the recent PC Engine Mini console too. And they've it done all Sega Ages, as far as I know. Okay. Did the 3DS games as well when they re-released like Sonic 2 in 3D Hang um, Hang On and um, again Fantasy Zone. There are so many of these like companies now who are specialising in like remaking old games. Mm. There's M2, 
there's hamster are doing hamsters doing the arcade stuff from that, yeah remember, yeah right? they do like the um, buster move was that hamster i've got that on my switch buster move 2 yeah um then there's also puzzle bobble uh the studio that digital eclipse became oh god what did um they did the mega man collection i can't remember there's code mystics called. i don't know if uh there's a lot of them, isn't there? But yeah, what do, you, what do you think of this um, integrating sort of save, sort of bringing it into the future? I mean, a lot of these collections now include uh, rewind functions, and maybe that's a step, unnecessary step, but it's cool. You know, you can have it if you want it. It does help in some respects, but it does yeah. take away from the purity of the game. I don't think adding a save function really takes away from um, the purity of it, or it just makes it more convenient to play it. I was just trying to see if Res Infinite has a save feature because I don't think that does either. No. What so do you think? think? What's your opinion on that? I would like it because, like, yeah. fuck me, getting to the Area 5 in Res, that last boss battle is quite challenging. Yeah. And I think I've died on it countless times. I don't think I've is ever beaten be- Res. Because they think it ruins the experience. The game has to be played through in one go to be... The real pure experience playing the game you have to play through it all it doesn't have the same effect if you play a level leave it and come back play a level leave it it's like watching a film isn't it it's always weird if you yeah. watch a film in parts isn't it you, you don't I... retain that mood that you were in when you started watching the film yeah i i think it's something to do with the feel of the game right like mm. i think it's supposed to be arcadey whereas i think fantasy zone and some of these other games have got quality of life stuff because whoever is developing those in this case m2 they are feeling okay well people want these modern features because why wouldn't they like mm. it's a generation of people have grown up probably playing these games on emulators where you can do all this shit mm. whereas you know um mizuguchi was actually the guy who did res god we're dropping so many producers and directors names this episode we never and it's been this. all sega yeah it's all been sega um <laughs> the mizuguchi uh did the Infinite Collection, right? He he was involved in that, much like he was in Luminous HD Collection. So maybe there's something to him wanting to maintain his original vision. Who knows? Yeah, it could come direct from the game's creator, couldn't it? it I don't could. know. I'm, I'm saying that modern games have safe features, although I have been playing a modern game recently that uh, is a whole genre, the roguelike genre. Is yes. one that takes you right back to the beginning if if you die, really, doesn't it? And uh, yes, it in, does. in a play session, I don't think I'm playing a game called The Persistence at the moment. Don't know if you've heard of this. Originally no, appeared, I haven't. I saw it. I think streaming on, it. Yeah, PSVR, and it's a roguelike first-person survival shooter-type game where you're uh, trapped on a spaceship, and the first mission objective is to get to the like the deck uh, drive room. Or whatever, so you can get some flight coordinates. So, and then you've got yeah. so many objectives, right? So you're wandering around. There's all these sort of zombie creatures, a bit like Dead Space type of thing, and you have to. You can either attack them and steal their stem cells in order to give you upgrades next time you play, or you can just kill them. Yeah. There are weapons around. There's a lot to it. But I played through it for a good while on that live stream the other day, just about an hour of it. I felt like every time I died, I'd go back in and I improved my character. And But then I did wonder when I turned it off, is that it now? Is that that session over? If I go back to that game, will I be back at square one? 
and have to do yeah. it all over again. And then that is very much like an old style game as opposed yes. to a game which actually... Games nowadays, they try and look after you. We've seen it in Nintendo. Nintendo have really embraced that idea of looking after their players, haven't they? Like giving you extra help wherever they can. Yeah, um, and I mean also, you know, like Ubisoft and like the really extended tutorials at the start of the game where they yeah. they expect that you've never played an Assassin's Creed game. Never played a game before in some yeah. cases, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, so so I guess this type of design still does exist in modern games. And that, and that, yeah, I guess it's just preference in the end, isn't it? It's if you're more hardcore into that very traditional experience or you're someone like me who drops into games every now and again and plays a lot of games but doesn't actually spend so much time with any one game. I think yeah. I appreciate having that ability to save and then come back to it. Well, I, I think there's there's a couple of things, right? Like, I think indie games within themselves at the moment have become very insular in the way that, generally speaking, nine times out of ten, I know a new indie game released is probably going to be Either a Metroidvania mm. or a roguelike. Yeah, so many of them. Oh, well, I mean, I, the thing is, it's because the random procedural generation yeah. stuff is kind of easy to do now. And so people are like, oh, great, well, cool. I want to give you a game that you can play for yeah, but only 70 build plus hours. And, like one yeah, sort yeah. of environment, so many rooms that you're going to repeat. Um, every time you play you only have to build so much of the game or it exactly. randomly creates rooms based on some sort yeah. of um coding if, you're or, a, if you're a small development algorithm. team obviously that's favorable right like yeah. i mean you've got the standout things for me in this genre though like uh gosh rogue legacy was one of the first that was like procedurally generated but i mm. felt that the content was so good that it felt like it was yeah. a an authored content. And I think playing games like um not Bloodborne, what's it called? E Egovania game, Bloodstained. Um Bloodstained, yeah. also Hollow Knight. Is that I'm okay with it being a really hard game. Mm. Much in the same way I'm okay with it being a really hard Mega Man game. Because the authored content is so good and it's so balanced and it's so mm. fair in like, yes, mm. this is hard, but you are you are to blame mm. if you fuck this up because you I, should I, be I better at the game. I think that's the case in a lot of these. It's certainly the case in the persistence as well. It's well yeah. designed. Yeah. Is that I I prefer that like authored way of doing things rather than it just being proc gen at this point because. Yeah. everything in their mother's proc gen and I'm not really a big fan of it. I'm very interested to play Below from Capybara when that finally launches on the PS4 because mm. I've I've heard it referred to as broody Zelda but also no, I've heard it's really hard and apparently they're addressing okay. that when they bring it to the PS4. So That one game, Tom Parry, that years ago I said I was buying an Xbox One for yeah, is surprising Oh, actually, maybe it's already out. It looks like it came out on the 4th of April. I'm going to have to play that and talk about it on the next podcast. Oh, wow. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, I think as long as you feel like you're making some sort of progression and the game isn't beating you down, 
where you're not really getting anywhere. And I think the persistence is a good job of making you feel like, oh, I'm getting stronger now. I've unlocked that weapon. And now next time yeah. I play, I can have that weapon at my disposal or I've got like this uh, stronger melee attack now. And I, I am yeah. hoping it saved something of that next time I go into it so I can actually kind of pick up where I left off. But yeah. Hollow Knight does. So Hollow Knight does, yes. Do. And uh, Hollow Knight's another, as you say, is another fine example of a good roguelike game. Yeah, yeah, Metroidvania, for sure. whatever you want to call. Well, them. I mean, like, the the two aren't mutually exclusive, are they? But they both go well together. So I think yeah. The thing, well, I think Hollow Knight isn't procedurally generated, is it? It's no, it isn't. It's definitely no, it's not. Actually it's actually like Metroid. It's isn't it? all designed like Metroid yeah. is, but it's got, it's got that roguelike element on top of it. That if you die, much like a Dark Souls game, you will you will lose all your shit. Yeah. Which is how I think actually the hard mode in Final Fantasy VII is, but I haven't played it. It's got benches, which are definitely like a Dark Souls thing of like sitting bench. down on a bench. Yeah. Also, uh, Ico as well, or Eco, whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. Also, it. you save Ico. on a bench in that game. Oh man, I need to play that Shadow of Colossus remake now that I've have it. Now that oh, it's, it's free. free on yes, PS on Plus. PlayStation yeah. Plus. Yeah. Um, I've been playing more of Uncharted, seeing it was free. Yeah. Um, so what we talked about last week really does become even more apparent the more you play it. It's like yeah, boy. those waves and waves of enemies that you're slaughtering feel like some sort of filler to pad out the game. Because yeah, you kill like 70 people in one of the levels, there, I counted. Like so between one cutscene and the next one. Many. Yeah. When you think you've finished an area and you're going to move on to something, it's just they throw, throw another wave at you. And it's yeah. like, wow, it kind of gets a little tedious. I mean, the, the gameplay is solid and it is fun. But having to repeat doing that same thing constantly yeah, does get a bit tiresome. And then you really better. like... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, they get better with it as the Uncharted games go along. I, I, I'd assumed, yeah. No, I, I was just going to say, it's quite nice when you do a platforming section because it feels like a break. Yeah. Um, but then what I heard from a friend saying that playing Uncharted 4 was there's probably more platforming than there is shooting in that game. Yeah, and that's the that's the difficult balance I think Naughty Dog yeah. struggles with this entire time. Yeah. You will notice when you play two, if you do play two after this, mm. that two goes way too heavy on the platforming for me. Ah, like right. a lot of it is more platforming, and when you do have the fight scenes, they are like the end of Uncharted One, where it's just like seventy million people coming at you. Just getting that balance right, I suppose, in a game like that, where your core gameplay bits are jumping around and killing people and yeah that's i think it. they <laughs> i think they strike it in the third one honestly i think by the yeah. time they get to that they're good are they adding stealth say, though, in in one point into the more so more sort of stealth um, they add stealth i would say more in four okay. and this is the interesting thing about that comment of your friend saying that there's more there's more platforming in the fourth one yeah the fourth one, you can play like Uncharted 1. You can just run around and murder everyone, but it's not right. to your advantage. Ah. So you end up doing a lot more platforming to be stealthy. Yeah. yeah. But I it, I think I think 4 is probably the best Uncharted game. I just think it's a bit long. Does 4, 4 take much from Tomb Raider, the more recent Tomb Raiders? Because I feel like I love the yes. levelling up of weapons and such. In, yes, in it, is 4. A, it is 100% I like that. Tomb Raider, like 2016 or whatever that game came out. Yeah. Mm, well, I'll um, you know, look forward to uh, play more Uncharted. I think on. if I, if yeah, I yeah. can put up with this, you know, constant you, shooting people. You have less patience for games than I do, <laughs> and I really, really felt Uncharted fatigue by the time I got to uh, four. So 
I at least say... one's not that long. It doesn't seem no. that long, at least. Two is neither, but like, I I think it's a bit longer, and then three's a bit longer, and then four's like seventeen hours or something. Like, I oh. would say may maybe play one and two back to back, then give yeah. it a break because then three will feel a bit fresher, and then maybe yeah. give it some time before you play four. I've also heard that it's good to take a break. It's very difficult if you were to play through that whole Nathan Drake collection. You know, one I after did. the other. I think it's I did take its toll. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's felt like yeah, it one did. game's enough. Then you got to wait a few years. But when you get all three at the same time, it's like um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a game series I didn't feel that with Tom Barry. Go on, Yakuza. Yakuza. <laughs> need need uh, need I ask really? Um, exactly. So, have you been playing anything else, Matt? No, I haven't. Um, haven't. I played a Game Boy game and some subsequent spin-offs of that because uh, called uh, Hensei Tensai Bakabon. God, I have to remember that. Then we've been talking for a while, um, which is a platformer uh, based on a series called The Genius Bakabon, which is a, about a family and their dad who's insane. Good. Not in a not in a bad way. He's just an idiot. He's just oh, he, the whole anime is based on the premise of like this guy is so ridiculously like stupid. It's almost smart in that mm. the simplest task like changing a light bulb. He would build a machine to change a light bulb rather than just changing. Sounds a, light a bit bulb, like Mister Bean logic. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely Mister Bean logic. Yeah, I love I love Mister Bean. And I I think I think the anime is tongue-in-cheek enough and there's been like five series of it the manga was quite good i explored yeah. it ages ago but like there was a show they made a version of it in 2018 called um late night with the back bonds hmm. that i would recommend checking out because the art style of it's kind of cool and kind of quirky and kind of contemporary hmm. but it, it it pretty much all it does is take the piss out of modern anime okay that's something you have to get behind yeah in a really refreshing way. So, like, like they're talking about how after the first, in the second episode, I think it is, that their ratings weren't as high because their animation was crappy. Like, people mm. are used to this new standard of animation. Yeah. And so, just, like, Bakabon Papa ends up getting, like, he ends up having plastic surgery to make him look like a Jojo character. <laughs> so oh, he's just wow. like walking around with all like lens flare and this beautiful spiky hair yeah, and stuff while everyone funny. else is... Everyone where can else I watch this, like Matthew? Did... It's on Crunchyroll is where I watched Crunchy it. But you can, wa- you can watch yeah. stuff on Crunchyroll for free. Um, oh, I didn't know there was free stuff on there. I thought it was a... Yeah, you, you can watch it. You just have to watch it with adverts. Like there's certain oh, things okay. that are free yeah. and certain things with adverts. I'm watching um, Red Dwarf on UK Play TV and that's got ads in. Red yeah. Dwarf's a very interesting one because it, I don't think it's hilarious. Oh, I do. I think some I, bits of it are I think really it can funny. be very clever and funny in a ha-ha, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, way. And sometimes it is laugh-out-loud funny, but I think it's a very old-school um, comedy. And having watched a lot more modern comedy, um, yeah. sort of like the, the New Wave, sort of the Julia Davis-type stuff. Uh, yeah. That... Um, yeah, it, it, it does harken back to... Uh, and it's, it's very comforting to watch Red Dwarf, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because it hasn't I, really changed so much in so many years. I, I don't know, man. Like, some of the repeat stuff, like the first... Even in the first episode of Red Dwarf with, like... Um, fuck. Lister talking to Holly 
and just being like, Kachansky, Rimmer. Mm. And he's just like, everybody's dead. Oh, they're all dead days. Everyone's yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah just, he yeah, keeps yeah, on just repeating like names. And he's just like, everybody's dead, Dave. Like, yeah. it's just... Yeah. I still watch it. I still enjoy it, but it's taken yeah. me a while to adjust to the style of humour after watching some more modern comedy series. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I want to show Martha Black books because we mm. tried to start watching that and like every now and again there's a situation much like you can with like a good comedy like the simpsons mm. like black books has only got three series but every now and again something someone will say something or we'll do something in the house and it'll just trigger black books memories for me mm. oh god that show is Sorry, so i just cool. had a little, little bit of a comedy u-turn there we did, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> any, any more for any more, Tom Parry? Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to briefly up. mention. Well, I'm trying. I'm saying, thinking to myself, why I'm enjoying playing The Sims Four so much, right? Yeah. And I think it's that freedom. I was talking to um, my girlfriend the other day, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> must have mentioned her before, but uh, she was saying she gets that same kind of feeling about GTA. Some games you can play for an hour, very much. Yeah. I think she's very much the same as me play for an hour oh that's enough but something like the sims or grand theft auto is a good example i think of that how open and free uh that game is you know the gameplay yeah you know and then you can just play it you just it doesn't necessarily put up so many brick walls for you uh, it's sort of like oh i've got to get over this before i can continue uh, of course, GTA does to a bit, but you can just drive around, can't you? That's, yeah, I yeah. think that's uh, what she's thinking there. Um, but the, the Sims, you know what the game is. It's like Animal Crossing, I suppose, as well. That's probably yeah, exactly. another example. I was about to say the same thing. You can just play it without hitting a wall. Yeah. And I find that is why I play The Sims 4 for, you know, more than an hour or so. You know, it's uh, yeah. just, I like those sort of games and... Uh, why don't I like Animal Crossing? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know Tom, honestly. Because like, I, I think now there's a whole social component to Animal Crossing. It's mm. never been there. Like, any time like, I've played Animal Crossing in the past, other than like some friends I know who play Animal Crossing, yeah. like from online, it's never taken over the way this has. I think this is the game that people okay. need right now. It's just and like it a... feels less pointless than other Animal Crossings. Because at least in The Sims, you got to oh, get to the top of your job, get more money so you can buy better you know, furniture or a better bath yeah. or so you can get your um, get it quicker, get your needs filled quicker. So you yeah. then you have more time to focus on your job and learning your skills yeah. so you can get promoted. And there's a lot of levels there. And yeah, there's always yeah, something I... you're thinking about in order to push yourself to the next bit. I would argue you're doing that in Animal Crossing. Yeah, okay. You're just doing it in a much more chill way. Yeah. You're not it's putting like... in fast forward, are you? No. I know you can play The Sims without fast forward, but how very much I play it is I've got it in fast forward a lot and I'm stacking things up. Occasionally I slow yeah. things down, but yeah. No, it, it's definitely a game of like... So they introduced an update uh, on the 23rd uh, where essentially you can now buy hedges for your town and also Red the Fox is in Animal Crossing now who sells art, or he did in New Leaf, that's what mm. they introduced him as. Mm. Whereas before he would just sell you crap for really expensive prices. Mm. Just rip you off with stuff that wasn't worth as much as it was. But he was like, well, I actually want this. Fuck it, I'll... Instead of waiting for it to appear in my shop for like the 100 bells it is, I'll give Red 2,000 bells for it. 
because okay. he's a cheeky fox. Um, so, like, they've introduced new stuff in it, and, like, new stuff is coming, and it's staggered. You can't just, like, time machine to it in the way that some people do of, like, skipping forward because Nintendo's being clever and saying no. We want you to experience this... Christmas as we want you to experience Christmas. This is kind of weird, but also kind of nice because it forces people to go through it at the same time. Is this the example of games as a service, Animal Crossing? And Nintendo is absolutely... building it up and adding and stuff to it. And to be honest it. with you, the interesting thing about it is they probably made all this stuff. Like They've been working on this game yeah. apparently since newly launched, which was almost 10 years ago. So they've probably done all this stuff. Like It's probably already all in existence. Hmm. But like they're drip feeding it because I think, if I'm being honest, they've probably seen a massive uptick in online Nintendo subscriptions for this game in a way mm. that they probably haven't since Smash. Because I didn't have a Nintendo online account. I was just like, why would I bother? What am I going to play online? But now I have a family account, so both my wife and I yeah. can go to other people's islands. Well, there's lots of advantages to it. Also, the, uh, the games you can play, the NES and Super Nintendo games. And yet I've played none of them. Like this you. was the thing. Yeah, play that Yoshi's Island, that classic yeah, we were talking gotta, about last week. Yeah. I gotta get on Starwing, man. I just need to sit yeah. down and play some Starwing. In the same way, I I need. In the same way, I play Kirby's Dreamland every year, just as like a oh Kirby's Dreamland. I play. I, I tend to play yeah. Starwing, so I need. to And just of course, do that. you can you can save on Starwing now, as I guess as well. I can, I can beat that game in about half. Yeah. An hour okay. Yeah, it's not a long game. Point. That's fair. That's fair. Of course. I still haven't played that... the second one. I've oh, had a SNES Mini for like two years. I've still yeah. not played it. Yeah. Um, interesting, actually, because Yoshi's Island came out at a point where save games were getting a bit more... Save games in a platform game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. like pretty far out. Because yeah, we yeah. had that in uh, Sonic 3 as well, I think. Sonic yeah. 3 um, introduced saves. Well, mm. I mean, so did Super Mario World, in all fairness. Super Mario World's got saves. Yeah, of course it has. It's got eight worlds. And, like, oh, yeah. you can save it it's a long them. game. I guess his games got longer. They needed to uh, start yeah, you know, putting more saves. Bubsy yeah. doesn't, Earthworm Jim doesn't. Like Some of them have introduced passwords. Like, but There's passwords, yeah. To have a battery save is There's expensive. There's passwords on um, Christmas uh, Crisis on the CDI. Yeah. Which, which is something I'm playing recently, but we can talk about next time because I think yeah. we have coming to the end of this week's podcast. We are, yeah, because I need to shower and get out of the house in like five <laughs> minutes. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, at Twitter at TMA Cast. I'm at Game Boyle, Tom's at Tom Parry 11. You can also listen to the podcast in a variety of places, such as on the aforementioned Tom and Matt Attack.com forward slash podcast, mm. on blastprocess.com, and also on iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate, subscribe, share this podcast with other people, and let us know that you, dear people, are listening to us. Thomas, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. May I add, before we finish, I'm now on Twitch, uh, Toodlebug500. So, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to get a few Twitch followers because uh, no one's really watching at the moment. So, <laughs> anyone. Um, who yeah, wants we can to share, watch, uh, We can share that through our network if you check, if you're on Twitch. Uh, subscribe to Tom. Why not give him your like free subscription thing so Tom gets money? Wouldn't that be nice? Um, oh. Yeah, that, that's which is very confusing. <laughs> everyone gets so a, everyone gets one free premium subscription so they can subscribe to you. I might do that for you, Tom, because I heaven knows I don't give a shit about Twitch. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the system works. Uh, other than that. Yeah, uh, you can find a biographic from me on Marius Picross. I talked about it on last week's podcast, but it is now up. 
And by the time you listen to this, oh, actually, no, I'm not going to say that because it's probably going to be tomorrow. You will Don't find make... a video on uh, Hensei, Hensei Tensei Bakabon. Oh, give it a yeah, listen. Lovely, lovely. And uh, there, there, there should be um, lots more content coming from Blast Process, uh, as usual. So, uh, yes. yeah, keep your eyes peeled and your subscriptions subscribed and your bells rung and your whatever. <laughs> and your Twitch else. follows and your. Yeah, yeah. All those like alerts will be binging and bonging on your Tom, phone. Tom, I need before. to go. Stop going. All right, on. sorry, sorry. <laughs> right, okay. Everybody, peace out. Game on. Enjoy. Game on. Stay safe. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye. bye, 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 bye. bye.